everybody. Welcome to the Macaw Podcast Universe. My I, name... Mm, oh, I'm Jordan Macaw. My, my Micah Macaw. And we exist to prove people wrong when they say sequels are never better than the originals. Today, we are not proving that point. And <sighs> I just want to get that out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, we are... We're breaking up the flow of our regularly scheduled program as we are wont to do. Uh, because we're returning to our namesake, the MPU, no, 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 the MCU. So, welcome to the podcast. Here we are. We're talking about it. They finished Phase 4. What was the last Marvel movie? With Wakanda Forever. Yeah. A movie that, for some reason, people find underwhelming, but it's really good. So, that was kind of a short phase, right? It was kind of short, yeah. You have Spider-Man, Thor, Doctor Strange... And Wakanda. Shang-Chi and Black oh. Widow and oh, no, Eternals. No, no, no. That's a lot of no that's yeah, that's normal. I forget about those. Um But yeah, so now it's time to break it off and, and get ready for phase five. Can and you believe it? I remember in high school when they well, I know Iron Man came out in two thousand eight, but when we were in high school, it I remember they like released a schedule. And it was oh, like the yeah. first ever time they released a schedule. And it, it was it was just like, oh my gosh, like I've never seen a place plan out their movies like this. This is cr- and like they're telling us, and that's so many movies. Are they actually gonna pull it off? And now we're talking about the fifth phase of it. Yeah, it's it is wild. And it's just normal now. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of talk. There's there's always been talk about, like, when are we going to get fatigued on this stuff? Mm-hmm. Um, this feels like maybe the breaking point <laughs> in this movie um, because no one likes it. Critics don't like it. Fans don't like it. I mean, of course, there are people that like it. But, but I mean, on a general sense, people are like, wow, what a whiff. Big whiff. When ele- oh, No, I keep on saying Elementals. When Eternals came out... Um, that that wasn't the same. That movie made me mad with how bad it was. Yes. Um, but also I had no attachment to it. So the fact that it was bad, it was just like, okay, I, I'm just pretending it doesn't exist. Well, That's easy. And then with this one, though, I know we don't really... You, you and I personally are not huge Ant-Man fans, movies-wise. Uh, um, but at the same time, like, he's a major... He's an Avenger. Yeah. So for this movie to be this bad, it's like, ugh. It, it's it stings a little extra yeah yeah because this and, and what i yeah okay so the first point you're making i completely agree with like there is a this to me feels like the first out and out whiff because there there are some bad movies there's some movies i don't enjoy but but usually there there's still something in them uh, yeah. Eternals, I still is my least favorite. I, I liked it even less than this, but yeah, there is. You can tell that there are. There's an artist in there trying to tell a story. I just think it's done poorly, and they don't achieve the goal that they attempted to set out. Which is almost, even though this movie's more watchable than Eternals, I think that automatically makes that movie better. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's like they are trying to do something. I yeah. think that my personal opinion is they failed. Yeah. But this movie is just like, I mean, it it feels like, you know, like an AI bot like wrote the script. Oh my gosh, it does. And they just fed it, it like all of Marvel stuff. Yeah. Um, Have you heard about that AI thing recently? 
with what there's the, i think there's a lot of ai stuff the, going the on. one that it was trying to convince the guy to leave his wife yeah that was on comedy bang bang oh so, but yes, you, did, did you hear about it before that no i didn't oh okay i didn't know yeah anyway just that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so this movie just feels like it, it should be in some cases a slam dunk you got ant-man even though, you know, he's not the best. My my hot take on Ant-Man is he only works on a, in ensemble movies, and I don't mean his own ensembles. I mean when he's, like, in Avengers and Civil War and stuff like that. And and I think he's always good in those movies. In his own movies, they're just not that good. No. Um, I, we, we've said before that one thing Marvel's so good at is casting. Yeah. They never get it wrong. They got some of them wrong. I think because yeah, no one. I I think I think this about all three Ant Man movies, but this one was the most prevalent. No, no one's right. Yeah, I will say Paul Rudd's okay. I I do like Paul Rudd. Yeah, I mean he's he's a charmer, so he's fine. Right, but I I do agree that he is just better suited for an ensemble. And yeah, it, th- what sucks so much about this movie is the first two movies. They're pretty small. They're pretty ant sized, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they're, I they don't. I mean, I don't think they achieve it, but you know, they try to do like they're, they're like a heist movie or stuff like that. Right. Right. Um, and he's got his crew of dudes, like criminal dudes that have like. And the criminal around. dudes are the best. And they're in not the in this movie movies. at all. They're not. So some of their, I would say, Ant Man foundations are missing in this movie. Yeah. And. Th- it's like they they're hinging their foundations on the wrong people, namely Evangeline. Is it Evangeline or Evangeline? I think it's Evangel- Evangeline. Actually. Evangeline, Michael Douglas, and Michelle yeah. Pfeiffer are just snooze fests, and those three spend like the whole movie together, which means half of your movie is all about them. And yeah. it was just so boring. None of their performances were compelling. I think the writing is so poor for them too. Uh huh. So it, it's not it's not all on the actors. I think I think that all in all, it's just so poor. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, speaking of the writing, I I found something interesting. I I saw someone on Twitter talking about. I I don't remember the person's name, but they said you know as much as we all want to like bash on Joss Whedon. There was something to in the first phase and those first two Avengers movies, like there was wit and there was banter. Yeah. But it was like character specific. Yeah. And ever since he's not been involved, which, you know, I'm not the biggest Joss Whedon fan. Uh, I mean, even setting aside the fact that he is like not a great guy. Yeah. Um, But he... Like, like the humor in these movies is kind of like interchangeable. Anyone could say anything. Yeah. And I think this is like a, a prime example where it's like every character, every joke, it, it's not motivated by their character. It's just someone writing a script and it's all the same voice. Yeah. And so that, I mean, especially in this movie, like these characters do not feel different than one another at all. No, really. not at all. Um, but so if you if you're not someone who's just always plugged into the MCU i believe it was this last year 2022 they had their big like comic con or disney con or whatever it was yeah and kevin feige's like okay guys here is the deal 
Phase five begins with Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, which we have not even said the title of the movie. That's what we're covering mm-hmm. today. Um, and we're going to introduce Kang. And Kang is going to be the fa- – th- this is going to be the big baddie. This is the Thanos that we are now going to have. Because, like, a lot of people complain that Phase 4 felt like it was not building up to anything. That's the best part of that phase, dummies. I know, I know. Let us cool down from the events of everything else. No, I I think it's actually a very smart move, but it is, you know, it's certainly interesting that it did seem like people were just not quite as interested in Phase 4, and there wasn't an overarching, like, thing that it was building up to. So, but that's, anyway, that's just crazy. Yeah. He's like, okay, so he's coming in and there's going to, you know, there's going to be all these movies that they have on the timeline. You know, we got guardians three, we got, I think blade is still being made. We got fantastic four, but it's all going to lead up to Avengers, the Kang dynasty. So like he is going to be in this, you know, for the long haul. And then I think there's Avengers secret wars, uh, and I, I believe he's going to be in that as well. Okay, so our, our producer uh, gave us the skinny here. You got it? So now now we know. Who's our producer? I'm the producer. Oh, <laughs> you're just trying to sound fancy? Yeah, yeah, I am. Um, okay, so here's the deal. Phase 5 is Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Then it's Guardians of the Galaxy 3, The Marvels, Captain America, New World Order, Thunderbolt, Blade, Deadpool 3. Um, and this is, well, do we know that about Deadpool? Did I know that? Uh, I forget. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, That's but crazy. yeah. And then what they have listed for phase six is fantastic Four and Avengers, the Kang dynasty and then Avengers secret war. So I'd imagine Kang will probably die in Kang dynasty and then he'll be done. So he probably won't be in the, is that going to be like a two parter though? No, those are two separate stories. Hmm. Um, I would think anyway. Um, what are the Secret Wars about? The Secret Wars is a crossover event, one of the first to happen, like in a in the big scale way, uh, at Marvel, where all the heroes in the middle of their magazines were taken to a planet, and then there was this guy named the uh, oh shoot, what's his name? Uh, I can't remember, but he was just he he basically took them and then he took villains and then he was like okay you all have to fight on this planet this battle oh cool um i don't think it's very good but um cool i think people are like nostalgic for it now and like it but at the time people were not crazy about it maybe they have a good take yeah i mean was it a little boring for you because that's all they were doing well it's it's very much i mean if you look if you look at it they actually it was it was all about selling toys so oh. they like made this event so that they could sell toys um and it just kind of reads that way <laughs> oh, okay but it i is, could do this with this gadget and this thing right right available at these stores batteries not included <laughs> <laughs> but it is where spider-man got his black costume really yeah it's so, not a venom thing well no he he gets it there he comes to earth and it's very stupid how he gets it. He's just like, oh my gosh, my costume's ruined. And then he like has this alien costume and he brings it back to Earth. Again, it's just so that they can like up their sales and stuff, new costume. But then a writer comes along and they're like, what if this costume does this weird thing? And it's like overtaking him because it's an alien. 
and then they write that for a while, and then it eventually he banishes it after a while, and then Eddie Brock gets the symbiote, is what it's called, and then becomes Venom. That's like the origin? Uh-huh. That's interesting. Yeah, it's it's a great example that happens all the time in comics where it's like a really dumb idea, and then writer writers come along, and they're like, actually, we can make this really cool, and it'll basically trick you into thinking it was cool the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, it's a great-looking costume. Never, yeah, no, never doubted that. But when you read it, you're like, this is the epic like black costume. Of course, I don't think they knew that it would become what it became, you know, all that stuff. But anyway, um, yeah, so this is all part of... So the, the first three phases was the Infinity Saga. This is called the Multiverse Saga. Yeah. So phase four was supposed to, like, introduce us to the multiverse, and now we're in the multiverse... So how did phase four do that? Well, I guess we had multiverse of madness, Loki, you know, all of this stuff. Um, so I think it makes sense. I think on like the grand scale, I think this all makes sense. Um, and, and I've been seeing things where they're, they're releasing like images that show like Kang and they basically say like, he wants to kill all the superheroes. And I'm like, Hey, if your superhero Avengers movie is his main goal is he just wants to kill all the heroes. That sounds pretty cool to me. That's great. Um, but not the best way to intro him, in my opinion. Although he was introed in Loki. That was his a variant of his, which I'm a little fuzzy on what all of that means. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't think it's time for... I don't think th- this is like... I, I think they need to maybe start like going around the boat that they've built and just making sure the life jackets are still there and like work. But I don't think they need to abandon ship yet or anything like that. No, 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 no. I don't feel that way either. But it, but it does feel like with the shows, they need to figure something out. Absolutely. Because I think Let's everyone's tired them. of it. Let's um, just take a break. Yeah, I, I think they need to cool it, you know, put out one or two seasons a year maybe. I saw this quote, and I don't know if it's real or not, like because I didn't click on the article, but it was like yeah. Liam Neeson said, this is about Star Wars, but I think you can p- apply it to Marvel. Uh-huh. Um he said that they need to like quit it on the Star Wars shows because it's it's re- it's getting rid of the wonder and mystery of the world. Did he really say that? Apparently. Whoa, he's right. He is. Because um, yeah, yeah I, it, Marvel's. I, I saw someone making this argument. Um, I don't necessarily agree with it because I think they're both still doing successful. But it is something to note. Like Marvel's doing so many TV shows that people are starting to be like, you know what? whatever like kind of about the whole thing i know it's it's getting people to fall off and and there is i mean i feel like you've always had to do your homework with marvel but it's starting to feel like when we were watching this movie i was like oh should i have rewatched loki because i'm confused yeah about certain aspects i mean they did an okay job bringing him back in but you know it's just like how much of this homework do i need to do for shows that always have two bad episodes to end them typically um and so there's there's that, and then the other thing is, with with Star Wars, people are liking the show so much. I think Obi Wan doesn't count. That it's kind of like, how are they going to convince people to go back to the theaters to see these movies that they're used, like these shows that they now, like what's going to be special enough for Star Wars to be in the theaters now mm-hmm. that they're telling these stories mm-hmm. primarily on TV, and they're making them more and more. Uh, epic for lack of a better word mm-hmm. having said that i haven't seen andor uh you know but 
Uh, interesting. Yeah. We're in, we're in a weird spot. And and as we've talked about in previous episodes, like we're we're all discovering throughout the pandemic that like streaming isn't very sustainable. Like you need box office. So I know if I'm if I'm Kathleen Kennedy, I'm gonna be like, hey, I know we greenlit like, you know, ten Star Wars shows. Let's just finish out Mandalorian. Let's cancel season two of Obi Wan because that show is terrible. And let's like make a movie. Because then we can make millions of dollars and have a better budget and all of that stuff. I, mm-hmm. I don't really get it. Mm-hmm. And then Marvel, if I was Marvel, I would say, hey, let's make animated shows. Mm-hmm. Like make it, di- because the, they're, they're trying to make them like the same as the movies. Mm-hmm. They're just longer. So I, they did just come out with an animated show for kids. That oh, the moon ha- girl one? Like has no bearing on this stuff, yeah. which is fun. Yeah, I, I think they should do more of that. And yeah. people are so nostalgic for... I mean, they, they're they coming out with the X-Men 90s show again. Like... Why? Why, like, can't, why can't we just leave it in the 90s? Because even if the show's good, it's never going to be as good as the like when it came out in the 90s. Because yeah. people were at a different point of life then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, which why it was so like special to them. To at them. that time. And I, and I just it's so easy to just complain about it anymore. Yeah. Just do something new. I, I do think like, you know, it, it's cool to keep that animation style going. So but to make it like this is actually like connected to the the nineties X Men is kind of strange. But I, I never saw it. So I, I don't never know. did either, and I have heard it's amazing. Yeah. But but like many things that have been brought back from my childhood, it's like just we just don't need it. Yeah. I wonder I wonder what the limit is for bringing things back. Because it does seem like anything that's comedic, it's like, okay, the reunion or the reboot season or whatever and I'm like I think it the the floodgates were open when Arrested Development was brought on to Netflix. Yeah, but that one that. failed. That's why that was extra exciting. Like it got canceled. Yeah. They're they're rebooting things or having special episodes cancel. that yeah. didn't even get canceled. Yeah. Hmm. That being said, let's go for that community movie, six seasons in a movie. But <laughs> yeah. they set that up a very long time ago. That's that is technically a little bit different. Yeah. <laughs> because we like that thing. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, so this is where we're at with Marvel. It's very strange. Now this movie still opened higher than any of the other Ant Man movies. Really? So yeah, it went from like some I I'm just talking domestics. Um, but it went from uh, the first one opening to 57, the second one opening to 75, and this one opening to 105. That's pretty significant. That is. Um, but I, I really think, because I remember reading something, I think Doctor Strange, a movie that is really good, uh, I think it dropped 69% uh, the, the following weekend. Which weirdly is kind of normal now. Like they they count on just huge opening weekends and then just legging out like pretty low amounts. But if that movie drops sixty nine percent, I think this movie's gonna drop in the seventies. Yeah. Which would mean we'd be like it'd make like thirty million dollars this weekend. Yeah. Which would be not good. Yeah. Not good. I I think now. Well, I just assume that. People who want to stay on board with Marvel stuff but are feeling fatigued, there are probably so many people for this movie 
that this movie came out and it's not getting good reviews critically and audience wise. Yeah. That they're like, I think this one I'm just going to read about. Or just, or just wait until it comes out on Disney Plus. Or just wait. Because it'll probably come out before Guardians. Plus, we know it's not going to have any bearing on Guardians. No. So it's like, I don't know. I would just wait. I mean, we told my dad. I was like, don't don't see this in theaters. It's yeah. a waste of your money. Yeah. Um, But let's talk about who made it. Once again, we have Peyton Reed. Yeah. Um, I, I, uh, you're welcome on the pod anytime, Peyton. But especially in this movie, terrible directing of action. It was so bad. It was crazy. It was like some of the worst action directing I've seen. Very hard to follow. Very shaky. Yeah. Um, but you did direct, at least at the time, without doing any rewatches, my favorite episode of Mandalorian. So, you know, the guy can do some stuff, but, uh, uh one we thing... We also put Greg Turkington in these movies. Yeah, and I'm always happy about that. Yeah. W- one thing that kind of blows my mind, um, and I can't wrap my head around it, is he comes from a comedy background. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's made comedy movies. He... Like, he's obviously hip to the scene. He had Greg Turkington in a movie and Tim Heidecker in a movie. Mm-hmm. But it, I, there's something about, and it's all of them, but especially this one. It's like, what? These are not jokes. These, these are like automated jokes. They, well, the only funny stuff was the beginning of the end of the movie. Those were the only funny parts of the movie. Yeah. Bill Murray wasn't even that funny. I mean, Bill Murray himself is always funny. Yeah. But his scene, it was, I was such a, having such a hard time paying attention to what was happening. Yeah. And you have Bill Murray. That's probably a dream person he got to direct. Yeah. And I hardly remember he was in it. Yeah. That's a travesty. Well, and, and I don't know what it is. I, I can't put my finger on it. If anyone has any ideas, I'd love to hear what you think. But... There's something about the editing in these movies that that it's like the the humor goes away because it's I don't know if it's like the shots are just like a split second too long when they do a joke or or it sometimes doesn't feel like the movie's self-aware enough to tell the joke. But the other two seemed pretty on point. Like the Yeah. Like even if I didn't really enjoy them, they I feel like they knew how funny they were. I, yeah, I just remember not thinking they were funny. I know, um, I know, but like you remember my in Ant Man two, I made the I, I I had to detox with you whether I thought whether Paul Rudd was good at acting. At I know, all. but I think he is. I think there is a part of that with those two movies that's on us more than it is on them. And okay. I think I'm just wanting to believe that. Yeah. Because I saw this movie and the biggest one of the biggest complaints I have was that it wasn't funny. Right, because right, right. the first two movies are. Yeah. And it's not light i don't know it's like can't can't we allow them to remain what can't we allow some characters movies to be like light or something i don't know well and and it's so it's ant-man what it's not going to be that crazy no matter what yeah king was in this movie whatever but now it is uh it it is weird though because yeah the the tone of the movie is very strange and they've pulled this kind of thing off before but I mean, like, Guardians movies are very funny, but serious as well. Um, but, I mean... That's because James Gunn has an understanding of the characters. Yeah. I mean, and he is kind of the... He's the best at it right now. Yeah. For sure. That's why he's given kings, keys to a kingdom. But I, I just don't think Peyton Reed is in tune with that. No. 
But but the other, the the thing I I wanted to say though is like another weird thing about this movie is Jonathan Majors who plays Kang is so serious in this movie that that I even though I'm kind of tired of this style of humor it's like I kind of wanted him to at least do something deflating like one time because he was so serious this whole movie and it's like this is he was pretty serious in Loki too right. Yeah, but he like jumped on a table and oh, acted yeah, weird, weird and stuff like that. And this one, he he's just stone cold. When I don't know, man. Before this movie started, you know, we got the Creed three trailer. Oh yeah, baby. And then I feel like he was in another movie. I I just know he's in other stuff coming out too. And I was just thinking, like Jonathan Majors is so hot right now. Yeah, he is the hot commodity. Uh huh. It's cool that we get him in this movie. <laughs> and then I watched the movie and I'm like, oh, whoops. <laughs> well, he's just. Yeah, I I I don't think he's bad in this movie, but it's the wrong performance in this movie. All every performance of his is wrong in this movie because he plays multiple versions of himself <laughs> and they're all wrong. They're all like dated weirdos. Yeah. Like in movies. I don't know. They just they were all they Th- this performance right. strikes me as it will work in a movie where he's trying to kill all of the Avengers, but it yeah. doesn't work in like Hey, Michael Douglas is going to say the word ants 40 times in this sentence. Yeah. You know what I mean? I did kind of like his, although he wasn't doing very much, but I, I, I did like the scene when he, with him and Michelle Pfeiffer, when he was about to like get everything back. Actually, th- that was the best part of the movie. Yeah. Uh, besides the opening. Cause and we like ending. really, I mean, there's more to learn about him yeah. in this movie, but we like learned some true motivations. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was good. Yeah, I liked that flashback sequence. I thought it was good. Yeah. Um, let's just, hey, we're going off book here. And I'm afraid we're going to start spoiling things. But we keep our new episodes spoiler free. So guess what? I'm not even putting in the song. It's spoilers on here on out. Okay. You ready? Okay. Okay, but I don't have anything to spoil yet. <laughs> well, we can talk about the elephant in the room. Not yet, not yet. Oh, okay. Wait. Um, so... The writer of this movie, I was shocked when the movie said written by and it listed one person because this movie reeks of six or seven or eight different writers. Hey, maybe there were. Yeah. But, but I agree. It's uh, It was shocking. And and this writer's name is Jeff Loveness and he is going Lovely to be. Name. Oh, yeah. He's going to be writing Avengers Kang Dynasty. Uh, he wrote, he wrote on the show called Rick and Morty. Okay. Um, which you happen he, to know what seasons you probably wouldn't know. I think it's after us. Okay. I think cause we stopped watching that show listeners. Uh, and then he also wrote on this show you may have heard of called miracle workers. Oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, he, he gets to write a non funny thing. <laughs> miracle workers is so funny. Wait, he gets to write a non-funny this thing. What do you mean? This movie's not funny. Oh. <laughs> and he has, like, he writes, com- he's a comedy writer. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, it is It is weird. Uh, on Blank Check, on the, their Doctor Strange episode, they talked about how the last few years has been Dan Harmon, uh, one of the creators of Rick and Morty, is indirectly responsible for, like, the future of the MCU because, like, Doctor Strange, this movie... And I think a couple others all have writers that started in Rick and Morty. Which is a show about multiverses. Yeah. Among a million other things. 
which I think, and I think they get into that too, because I feel like you told me about this. Don't they kind of get into like how we establish multiverses? I don't remember that because he did in community. He establishes oh, multiverses. Yeah. Like in a pop culture sense beyond comic books. Yeah. It's almost like he's the, he is the person to bring it to popular culture. And people love it. Yeah. Um, Cause people love community and they love Rick and Morty. So it, it makes sense that, that Kevin Feige, I mean, I know, I know we're in the danger zone. We're checking the life vests. Like I said, we're making sure there's no holes in the lifeboats and there could be an iceberg up ahead. We're not sure. Cause we're too busy falling it's in love. Too foggy. <laughs> But um, Kevin is still making great decisions because I, I think that's a good decision. Um, but after this, we'll see if Jeff Loveness is still listed as writer of Avengers oh, King Dynasty okay. because okay. I don't know about that. Yeah. Um, so then the cinematographer for this movie is a guy named Bill Pope. He is one of the – do you hear my voice crack I there? Did, yeah. <laughs> He's one of the most successful cinematographers – Ever to live. He did a movie called The Matrix. Nuff said. Um, Wait, just one? Just the first one? I actually, I think he did all of them. All of them? Okay. Um, not the newest one. That is bananas to me that he did those movies and they have such a look to them. Yeah. And this movie is so dark. It's Again, again, it's kind of like Black Panther. Black Panther wasn't very bad. There were a couple scenes in Black Panther. That were it, well, so, any night scene, I couldn't see what was there, on the yeah, screen. Yeah, <laughs> it was so dark that it was. It, I actually didn't really know what was happening, and I, I, I just don't get it. I don't get it. Um, I, I was just a second. I was rewatching uh, Succession, and I was watching the last episode of season two, and they're on this yacht, and and it's so brightly lit, and it looks great. And I was just like, oh, thank goodness this isn't a Netflix show because I wouldn't be able to see anything in this show well, if it was. Think for, because that show is so good yeah, that they need it to be so brightly lit. One, they're probably in Italy or something yeah. on a yacht. And then they're trying to create it like it's idyllic. Yeah. So it's just so golden and beautiful. Is that the episode where at the end, um, Kendall... It's yeah. like my dad did everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I wish I wasn't sleeping through that one. <laughs> I didn't finish it, so I'll finish it later today. Okay. But yeah, and no, but, so but in this movie... with Hang on. You're in trouble. Uh, <laughs> with, with that show, I, I think with lighting, people just... Especially if you're like a Netflix show or something, you just get like a mandate. It, that This is what I think. And like Marvel, you just get a mandate, like make it look like this. Whereas like Succession, it's like, well, this is this is supposed to be like a documentary fly on the wall. Why would it be dark? It makes no sense thematically for it to be dark. So they, I don't think they take that into account. They're like, we're adapting these bombastic comic books. They're in Quantumania. There's all these different animals Open and stuff. Open a comic book and see how many colors are in those freaking <laughs> things. I know, I know. I know, because in this movie, so much of, especially the parts when, like, um, Paul Rudd and his daughter are, like, with that, are, are like, captured by those people. Yeah. And stuff. And that, that they're with them for a pretty long time. That is yeah. all so dark. And it's like, you can't just put a couple spot fires everywhere <laughs> and tell us that that's our light source. Yeah. I, I need more than that. Well, and I'm, I'm going to say a big hot take. I think this movie is the rise of Skywalker of the Marvel cinematic universe. Wow. Where, where I, th I think a lot of people are going to be like, I don't need to do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Can I say one thing though? Yeah. MVP. Yeah. The buildings that are alive. That's cool. That's cool. Hey. They were pretty cool. The, the one at the end that's like holding the other one that's dying. I don't even remember that. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um. 
But yeah, another thing, you know, we, we've now been through the pandemic. There's still traces. I'm not going to necessarily say it's over or anything like that, but it's things are better. Things are more open, but they've had to shoot a lot of stuff throughout the pandemic. And there's, you know, it's interesting seeing how different movies and stuff, you know, like Marvel, their universe, it didn't happen. Like they don't talk about mm-hmm. the pandemic or anything like that. Um, other things are, other things aren't. Something like Kimmy, Steven Soderbergh's movie is like kind of like post pandemic ish. Um, so, so it's interesting to see how they handle it. And even though the pandemic is not mentioned in this movie, I think this might be the most COVID movie I have ever seen. <laughs> why? Because this is like, hey, dude, why don't you come over to my basement? I own three green sheets and we can film oh. the entire movie in front yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, it's so strange too, because I did not feel a sense of wonder no. while watching this. And I would like to know if anyone else had, um, because like when I watch guardians, yeah, especially that scene in guardians two, I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. I, I, part of it's the touching the bubbles. So good. But yeah, when they're on Kurt Russell's planet and Drax touches the bubbles and laughs, it's just like that. There's so much wonder mm-hmm. in those movies. Yeah. Because the, the, in terms of visuals are similar. Yeah. Well, and, and this I was just like, I feel nothing looking at these things. And I should be like, this is eye candy. When, and I don't want to just keep beating this horse because I, I want you to still like this movie. But you're kind of in trouble when two months earlier we were all able to see Avatar. Well, yeah. Because it's the best looking special effects ever. And that is a movie where, like, think about how much of that movie's runtime is dedicated to wonder and letting you, and and this should be the same thing. I mean, it shouldn't be three and a half hours long, but, but this should be like, you're in the quantum realm. This is wondrous or make it like so vicious. We're talking like, this is Ridley Scott's alien. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, a PG 13 version, but like, this is scary. Um, and, and they don't, they don't choose either. And, and, you know, Avatar, they jump in the water and you get like chills because you're seeing all this crazy stuff and the music swells and and it takes its time. This is like, hey, there's a thing over there. Let's go. Okay, here we go. Now we're going over here. Okay, let's go. It it does sort of feel like there's a half hour cut from this movie. Yeah. Um, of establishing shots and such. Yeah, and maybe even like an entire plot because this movie just kind of, everything's like, Hey, that thing, here's the explanation. Let's go. Hey, that other thing, here's the explanation. Let's go. Yeah. It kind of is like the later seasons of Rick and Morty where I was just like, there you're not providing me with any stakes and this is so nihilistic that I that it's it's not fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And this is not nihilistic this movie, but it does have that same kind of thing where it's just kind of like, here's a bunch of images. Yeah. But yeah. But even though I it, said, it also feels oh. like the they do they do like they do the bare minimum of the actors um, existing within the world because there there is like Michael Douglas like touches this little ball sprite thing and uh-huh. stuff, but like other than that, that's it. They like hide behind some kind of tree thing, uh-huh. but they're not really touching it. And then yeah. like there, there's a th- then they ride on one of on like a. I don't know, bacteria looking thing. Yeah. Um, but like, it's so far away. We can barely see that it's happening or, or when we do <laughs> see it, the shots are so fast and janky. So it's, I don't know. It just feels like they, 
the actors don't like it. It's almost like they, we can tell that they're, they don't know what's there because there is nothing. There. <laughs> right. Well, and they, they like put it, they, I mean, which is what they do. This is how it works, but they, they do the effects around them. Yeah. And it really felt like that for this movie. Didn't feel like they were existing within it. Well, and, and it is interesting because there's that, um, there's that technology that was developed for Mandalorian, uh, yeah. which is like, it's kind of this, uh, circular room and you can project, uh, the image. So the actors are actually like acting in it and you're f- actually filming that image. Um, I'm sure they can touch it up in post mm-hmm. still, but, and it worked really well for that show. It genuinely just looks like old green screens for this movie. I mean, yeah. this is like spy kids level, like spy kids, 3d video game with less thing. colors. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Robert Rodriguez, uh, like did this so that they could do it. What you know he what I mean? Make a Marvel movie. Well, he did make a, we can be superheroes or something like that for Netflix. Yeah, but that's not Marvel. No, I know. I mean, I would like him to make a Marvel movie. Ooh, I would not like that. He's, he, he don't have it no more. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think a lot of people would be interested to, to see what it would be. Although he did direct a couple episodes of, uh, Boba Fett, which was fun to see him directing. Um, I don't know. Maybe he could do it. I don't know. Give, give him like it a couple of weird. It'd be weird. Give him like an episode of Loki or something like that. Okay. And then maybe a TV show. I mean a movie. Um. But yeah, so you you okay? You were talking about the wonder, and then you oh, here's another thing about this movie. This is kind of a weird format. We haven't even gone through all the notes, but we're like talking about everything about it already. That's why we spoiler alerted. Uh, something that is very important. Um, and kind of indefinable is if you're going to, okay, they get to the quantum realm and there's like whole societies that live under there. That's cool. I'm into that. But there was never like a sense of realism that these are actually societies that exist. Well, I think that's because they were broken down societies. Yeah, but, but so is Mad Max. But also, um, true. But when we get to King's, like, empire, we Uh don't see anybody living in it. (laughs) No. So it just looks like a sterile environment. And then his... And that's... I don't think that's intentional, folks. That's just, like, we didn't think to do it. are, like, are literally faceless. Uh Uh-huh. Which, I mean... Classic. Yeah. But... We love a good faceless enemy. To me, it feels like the only people who inhabit the city are his henchmen that wear these blue helmets. Yeah. It was very odd. But, But it's just so weird, like... Everything about the movie just felt kind of like, oh, we just hired some artistic directors and we just asked them to create like 50 characters each with no like rhyme or reason, which is not necessarily bad. But when I, again, Mad Max, Avatar, like these things are like really thought out and they're the kind of thing where, where you go, oh, a character is fishing with a type of net or something in Avatar. I don't need to know what it is but I know that they spent the time to like actually know what that is. And it provides so much realism mm. uh, to something that's fake. And it helps you get immersed in the world. And this movie's like, Hey, there's glob guy. Hey, there's beam man. And you're kind of like, okay. Uh, and what's th- their deal? Yeah. And it's like, they try to do the Moss Eisley Katina, you know, from star Wars where they go into the bar and you see all the different quantum mania stuff. And, it's it's that funny thing. People try to do that all the time, and there's nothing like the magic of the first time that happened in Star Wars 
where you did look around the room and it truly felt like every single creature you saw had an... In- I mean, this is why people were upset, become obsessed with Star Wars. Like, it felt like they all had this crazy backstory. Mm-hmm. And we didn't need to know what it was, but it felt like that. And this is just like, oh, there's rock fungus? Mm-hmm. Broccoli man? I feel like that one guy that's in um, The Good Place... Yeah. ...was a waste. Oh, yeah. For, ...of that actor. Like, like they... Because I don't see him coming back. No. And that's a good actor. So I just... It's like... Yeah. I feel like they wasted him... <laughs> And speaking of like interchangeable humor, yeah, I mean, not his fault, but no, ugh. so, uh, but the music <laughs> is by Christoph Beck, who did, of course, Drillbit Taylor, Hot Tub Time Machine, Ant Man, Ant Man and the Wasp, and doing the upcoming Shazam two. Hey, no opinion. I liked the music in this. You did. Yeah, there were a couple of, it sounded like they were trying to establish a theme for Kang. Well, that's good. I I clocked nothing. Yeah, it was kind of the synthy like I don't think it was those notes exactly, but um I was kinda like, okay. I'm kinda I get it. I get it. So I I I think he's faultless. I think he did a good job. Um budget is two hundred million dollars. Uh which is crazy. I've never seen a movie that that looks this bad. Yeah. Um so, Jeff Loveness was inspired by several father and daughter films for this movie. And I just wanted to cite these. Okay. Um, he was inspired by Father of the Bride, Hook, and Jumanji. Those are some that, that he really wanted to... Jumanji? He wanted to get into. Which That's is funny. father-daughter movie. Oh, father and daughter. Excuse me. I misspoke. So, uh-huh. um, I, I, I do like that. That makes how... no sense. I, I, it feels like, again, <laughs> Paul Red, I like, I can't, I'm gonna look her up in a second, but the, the actress plays his daughter. I like her too. Uh-huh. It felt like they had no chemistry. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> well, this, this reeks of like either everyone is sick of playing these characters or they filmed this at the point in the pandemic where they were like, I am going insane and I don't want to live anymore. Because it kind of feels like there's someone offset with a rifle that's like, come on, let's do one more take. <laughs> well, what is Mike? You told me what Michael Douglas said. Well, yeah. So there's an interview. Uh, they, they like caught him on the red carpet or something, and someone was talking to Michael Douglas. He seems like he couldn't be less interested. And then they said, if they make a fourth Ant Man, would you want to come back? And he said, as long as I can die. And then he walks away. <laughs> He was wishing he could die in this movie. Oh my gosh, yeah. He was wishing his ants would just turn on him and eat him alive. Ants. Yeah. Ants. Yeah. Ants. Yeah. <laughs> um, Emma Furman is someone who played uh, Hope, right? Is that Hope, the daughter's name? Yeah. Um, in a oh, movie no, that's called... Evangeline Lilly. Oh, then what's his daughter's name again? I can't remember. I will tell you. It's not Lily. Um, it's not Cassie. Cassie. So, of course, in the first two Ant-Man movies, there was a young daughter. And then after Endgame, there was an older daughter because five years had passed since he came out of the mm-hmm. blip. Uh, that person was Emma Furman. And they just never asked her to be in this movie. Wait, are you saying that she could age-wise be in this movie? Yeah. Because yeah, because she did- was in Endgame. And he saw her, and she's in the movie. They didn't ask oh, her to be in this movie. Oh, they had an older actress? 
For Endgame? Yeah, remember in Endgame, he gets out of the qu- the quantum realm, and he goes to his house, and he sees his daughter. What's her name? And she's grown up. Her name is Emma Furman. F-U-H-R-M-A-N-N. I'm trying to hit you with the headline here, but you're missing it. Emma Furman? Yeah. F-U-H-R-M-A-N-N. What's the headline? They They never asked her to be in this movie. Yeah, I don't know why they wouldn't. Why not? Yeah, I, I well, I just think that's crazy. She found out the day that they announced the casting. What? Well, it, that's kind of like an unlike Marvel thing. I know there's like little things yeah. throughout that they've been, yeah, not consistent. And but. she she doesn't have like scheduling conflicts. She said she would have done it, um, and and she she did say like hopefully that means I'll just be involved in something in the future. Maybe like when they were talking about casting and everything that they're the casting directors were like, what was her name? Like no one can remember her name, and they lost her headshot because forever ago, and they just couldn't remember her name, and they were like, "Well, I guess it just means we got to recast." I guess so, um, but anyway, that kind of sucks. Yeah. I do like who they have in this, but um, that just feels like such a corporate thing to do. Just be yeah. like, "Oh, we want someone who has more credits than you." Yeah, it's like, I mean, is is this actress, the new one, is she really like attracting people to see the movie? I don't think so. Yeah. It's okay to keep the other girl. Um, but uh, Bill Murray had this to say on why he was in the movie. Uh, this is my final note. They called my phone and I answered. <laughs> in any case, some people were quite surprised why I decided on such a project. But for me, the thing was quite clear. I got to know the director and really liked him very much. He was funny, humble, everything you want from a director. Murray went on to cite the cheerleader cheerleader story Bring It On, calling it a damn good movie. 2000's Bring It On was directed by Reed, and that's who directed the first two Ant-Man movies. So I agreed, although I'm not interested in these huge comic book adaptions as an actor otherwise. (laughs) Uh, He said he probably wouldn't do a superhero blockbuster again. And then he said, let's put it this way. The director is a good guy, and now I've at least tried out what it's like to shoot a Marvel movie, but I don't think I need the experience a second time. <laughs> he was in one scene. <laughs> That's very strange. But uh, I like how he's like, oh, that guy directed Bring It On. I got to be in this movie. <laughs> that's weird. Um, yeah, so that's that's what I got on notes and basically most of our thoughts on this movie already. So Catherine Newton plays Cassie Lang. Um, she is also in Big Little Lies, Pokemon, Detective Pikachu, Freaky, um, and, and a lot of other stuff. And then Jonathan Majors, we've not talked about. No. I feel like we have, but I guess not. He is in um, The Five Bloods, Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country, upcoming in Creed 3. Um, he is so hot right now. Like Hansel? Like, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Katie M. O'Brien plays Gentora, the lady, like, refugee or fighter oh, okay. lady. I, I just seeing her body, it was like, how is she not a wrestler? Oh, she was yeah. so yeah. buff. Um, she's in Westworld, Z Nation, Black Lightning, The Mandalorian, uh, oh, and man. a lot of other stuff. Mandalorian, okay. Um, William Jackson Harper plays Quaz the telepathic guy. He is in the good place. Like we said, Oh, okay. (laughs) Midsummer, Patterson, dark waters. I don't remember him in dark waters. 
which is a good reminder to listen to my album, A Beautiful Divorce, with a song called Dark Waters on it, which is inspired by the movie Dark Waters, starring Mark Ruffalo. Mm-hmm. You can listen to it anywhere you get your music. And then, I mean, that's about it for me on people to cover. It is, huh? Okay. Yeah. Okay, so how do we want to tackle this, Jordan? We're in the movie now. Well, the best parts of the movie, like I said, are the first scene and the last scene. Uh-huh. That's your uh, two high points. So the movie starts, I'm trying to find the guy who's the elephant in the room. Oh. But he's like not cast. He's like not credited. Or oh, because it's like, it's probably still secret or whatever. Yeah. Even though I think he may have been in one of the trailers we didn't see. No way. Oh, he, he's at the very end. Yeah. I just don't know what his name is. Oh, um, well, tell us. You spent all the time. His Corey Stoll. Corey Stoll. He is in Ant-Man, the first one. Yes. And House of Cards. Yeah. So. Yeah, this starts off with um, Paul Rudd. His name's what again? Steven? St- uh. Lang is it? Why do I want to call him Stephen Lang? But that's that's the guy from Avatar. Um, oh, Scott Lang. Scott Lang is his name. Scott, Scott Lang. Um, he is just high on life. He's an Avenger. Things are going so good for him. He's walking down the street on a sunny day in San Francisco, and everyone's like, "Dude, you're so cool. Take a picture with my dog." He goes into a coffee shop where he's the, he's narrating in his head, which yeah. I found very fun. It was I like that. It was choice. charming. Yeah. Um, and he. Um, gets coffee from the guy that's in that I think you should leave sketch about cars. <laughs> it, maybe it'll have a steering wheel that doesn't fall off. <laughs> <laughs> Very fun. Another like, I guess, like Peyton Reed's like he's he gets it. Like he gets comedy. the scene. Yeah, but I don't um, know. That was funny, and then I also thought it was so funny when he was at like brunch or lunch with um, the FBI agent. Uh huh. Do you know who I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they're just like, have, they're just, because they've always they're had a contentious out. relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, Randall oh, Park is Randall his Park, actor that's his name. name. Um, but they're like friends now. They're having lunch together. These other people pick up the bill. He, yeah. He, life can't go wrong. Because he's an Avenger. He helped save the world. Yeah. And he wrote a book about it. So he's reading yeah. from his book. That's the voiceover. Yeah. Um, so we go to a, a book reading event from it, and it's just so funny and so cheesy. Yeah, he's positioned exactly how he is on the cover as mm-hmm. he's reading, which is funny. Yeah. And Th- at this point, I was like, okay, like yeah. maybe all the reviews are wrong because this is pretty charming. Mm-hmm. But it takes a turn. And then he gets a call from the police. Um, his daughter is in jail. Yeah. Goes to pick her up. She is in jail for protesting. I forget. Oh, I was at, home- at a homeless camp. Homeless people were being um, like arrested. And, yeah, so and she stuff. shrank a police car. Okay, that's what she did. Yeah. Um, and we find out that this isn't the first time she's been arrested. But so so it's like she's been arrested like three times, but every time it's been for like a just cause in a way. Yeah. Um, when on the flip side, Scott's pass was he was a petty thief. Like he 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 was deserving to go to jail. Right. But, but like in a way, it's like he's following. She's following in his footsteps, or so it looks like. Yeah. Um, so for me, pretty much when it, when he picks her up from jail, the movie comes to a grinding halt. <laughs> oh, that's very, soon, huh? very fast. Cause, because then, then we get to reintroduce to Evangeline Lily's character, Hope. She's so bad. She's so bad. Movies. I'm sorry. She's so bad. She's so bad. Um, and 
we reintroduced to Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer, which you can hear my flaming hot opinions about Michelle Pfeiffer in these movies in my, in the last Ant-Man episode. Um, well, stop plugging so much, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, there are, I don't know. They're having dinner and they're talking about how uh, Cassie's like ruining her life or whatever. But then uh, I will say I'm glad that they got into the quantum quantum verse quantum mania like quantum realm so fast. See, here's where I'm going to disagree with you. Okay, I think that this movie jumps into the. I mean, it's like we hardly have time to even feel the temperature of the water. And they I, know, I think I would agree with that instead. Immediately throw us in there, and then like the characters have to develop to everything that they've set up in the first five minutes of the movie. Yeah. What are you talking about? And also, just to get this out of the way, this movie is has it, it, the entire crux of this movie is a um, romance premise because Michelle Pfeiffer, as we know, spent like thirty years in the quantum realm. Yeah. Had a hard time. Miracle that she made it back out. Yeah. And she doesn't like talk. She doesn't want to talk about it. She doesn't talk about it with anybody. And oh, obviously, this. obviously oh it's because she's ashamed of what happened. Um and all that crap. But something happened down there. I can't tell you about it though. And it's just such a classic, like if you had told one person in your family about this, this movie wouldn't have happened. Yeah. And then that's why we were in the quantum realm, because Cassie invented a contraption that went haywire, which really it was King found their signal, pulled him in. Um, and then, but throughout the movie, she's still like, I don't want to talk about it. I know. I, and this, this is the reason Jordan said the romantic premise. It's like, it's like that thing when you're watching, uh, usually romantic comedies where, where you go, if you had one sentence where you just explained what happened, you wouldn't need to be mad at each other. Yep. And, and then the third act of the movie could be different. And there's movies that pull it off. And there's movies that just don't do it, and you can do either. Um, but but to do to 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 me, make it unearned uh, is very I don't like it. Um, yeah. And so for this movie, which is supposed to be like an action adventure, it really doesn't work because we're not even in the genre where that's like the trope. Yeah, it's just like Michelle. Just just tell you're you're already in the quantum realm. Just tell them what happened. Yeah, and she's like, well. You know, whatever. I can't tell you. I can't tell you. I'm too ashamed. And there's, and they do that classic thing too, where they're like, "There's not enough time," and that's always annoying because when we find out what it is, it's like, okay, it took you two minutes to not show only a was flashback. There enough time when you said there wasn't enough time, they had to like walk across a canyon to get where they needed to go. You don't think you could have told them <laughs> that in that time? Yeah. Okay. Guess not. I know it's so crazy. Um, so they get split up for the rest of the movie. It's Scott and Cassie together with the other three together. Oh, oh, one thing before we get fully passed and into the quantum realm. Uh, I just wanted to say that when this movie started, as someone who really enjoys this series, enjoys comics and all that stuff, when he was summarizing, like, what happened in Endgame and all the stuff that's gone on with his life, I, I did think to myself, like, I think we may have gone too deep. You know what I mean? Like, these movies... Like, like it's just like, do we, do we really need every movie to start out with like, Hey, here's what happened with me in the last five years. But you know, because you've seen the other movies, like, why was I not doing those things? Well, basically the reason I wasn't here, here and here was because I was also doing these. Sometimes I just wish they just start the movie. Yeah. 
But having said that, I did like the narration, but it's kind of like, we're going to talk about Thanos again? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's also his first movie since. I know, and and part of that is just like the release schedule, I think. Yeah. Um, but but it, it was a little like, you know, we're getting to a point where it's like, you, you got to remember a lot of stuff. Yeah. And there's other movies I'd like to see. It's almost like... I could have rewatched Tar. Anytime you um, start the next Harry Potter book, you have to get through the Dursleys. And it's <laughs> yeah, the yeah, hardest yeah, part. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, so... And then here's the other thing. Um, I'm not super well-versed in Ant-Man comics. I don't think I've ever even read one. I've read issues that have Ant-Man in them, but I haven't read an Ant-Man comic. So maybe I'm totally out of focus here. But this whole movie, I was just thinking, this, the the people who discover the quantum realm and are exploring it should be the Fantastic Four. Okay. Um, because they're the explorers, and oh. they're the ones who are studying science. I mean, they find the quantum realm in the comic books, you know? So, like, they should be the ones. I, I think it's weird to have Ant-Man do it. But don't you think that's simply because they didn't have... They didn't have Fantastic Four yet. Yeah, because we've had they've known Ant Man has claimed the quantum realm since the last movie. Well, it it's yeah, I'm it's very weird because we're not even getting Fantastic Four in Phase Five, and it is Fantastic Four is the backbone of the Marvel universe, and they've built an entire universe of movies without that backbone. And now I'm like, I don't even know how you bring them in, because it's it's just not, um. Like, like they are the foundation, and I don't know how you bring them into the movies without that foundation anymore. Like, I, I kind of feel like you're going to have to do some sort of legwork, or or I guess maybe they get their powers now or something like that. Um, but I just don't know. But Good job. <laughs> I know. I covered that whole time. Jordan, Jordan had to move Gilmore. What did he get? A baby toy. You got a baby. Uh, why do we have a baby toy, Jordan? We already talked about it. No, we didn't. Oh. <laughs> um, he got one of our nieces and nephews toys. <laughs> <laughs> Ow. Gilmore. Um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Calm your butt. Come here. Come here. Okay. No editing needed. Uh, this is great. People love Gilmore. They love Gilmore on here. They're always wanting more of Gilmore. They want Gilmore, not Gil. Not Gilless, yeah. Um, okay, so all that happens, and we got Scott and Cassie who are going to be fighting random stuff and join this insurgency, basically. Um, and so they do. <laughs> I need help, Jordan. So we find out that, well, we don't know for sure yet, but I think everyone knows that Ever since Kang came to the quantum realm, he's ruined everybody's lives. Yeah. So that's kind of the gist of the conversation, really. I don't know. <laughs> We're introduced to people. You have the blob character. That's I did like the holes. blob character, which was David Desmouchian. I think so. Um, is that how you pronounce his name? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. So it's cool that he's still in the movie. Um, but, yeah. What do you have, Gil? Just let him have it. It doesn't matter. Seriously, I don't care. Yeah, well, our niece and nephew are going to be so upset about it. They don't know. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, 
Yeah, let me take a note, because this is grinding to a screeching halt. I'm sorry. So while they're, they're being, you know, at first we think they're prisoners, and then it's like, oh, they're not really prisoners. But these people are saying, like, the fact that you guys are here, you got to get away from us, because now he's going to be looking for you. Like, they know who they are. There's just a lot about this that it's just like, this doesn't compute for me. They're in a literal other universe, like uh -huh. realm thing. Like they're, and, and like these things, beings, some of them human looking, but are not, it, it's just, my mind, it's hard to not, to not let your mind race. Well, this is the weird world building stuff. Yeah. And, and the, and the other thing is they, they all know who Michelle Pfeiffer is, which is just, so I guess King, every time he conquers someplace, he's like. Get me Michelle Pfeiffer, Janet Van Dyne. I want her. Even though I think he knows that she escaped. Oh, no, I guess he wouldn't know she escaped. So that actually does make sense. You know what? That makes sense. Really? Yeah, that oh, does okay. make sense. Um, okay. But uh, this movie... This it's so movie, frustrating. So while that's happening, um, the other three... Michelle Pfeiffer's like, I can't talk to you guys about anything. Um they they spend a baffling amount of time in this movie. You know what's crazy? With Michael Douglas having his hands in weird intestine ship things flying a and ship And touching the earpiece that's in his ear. We yeah. know that that's for the ants. We know, Peyton. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah. we don't need to see flashbacks of that later. We know that the ants are coming. They are the duex machina. I knew that when they were being pulled in and all of the ants were coming in with them. <laughs> um. So th I think a, a crucial thing that's missing for with with those three being paired together, Michelle Pfeiffer, Michael Douglas, and Evangeline Lilly. Yeah. None of those people are funny. No. None of those people are known to be funny. And um, that, so it's like they're, when we ever, whenever we get to that part of their story, it, it's just not, it's just so like serious, but also I don't know how much I should care because uh. Michelle Pfeiffer won't talk about anything. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, that's, you know, what enter bill murray to talk about it and it's like yeah he's kind of funny but i'm just so having such a hard time not checking out also we haven't talked about our theater experience yet it was kind of a oh wild my month. gosh yes so we get to the theater and this kid like eight to ten years old is sitting next yeah. to micah and micah this before the movie started so he, i have the recliners i have the reclining uh yeah. foot rest out and he micah turns to me and says this kid's kicking my seat yeah, so he has his foot like hung over and he's kicking the bottom of my seat, just like goo, goo, goo. And goo, I was like, I, I think I suggested like put your recliner down and see if it, you know, he's like, oh, I shouldn't do that. So I started doing that and doing it and he just kept doing it. And then he pushed my elbow off of the elbow rest. Yeah. And I was kind of like, who is this kid? Who does he think he is? <laughs> Luckily, the other seat beside me was empty, so Micah just moved. Um, that did not end with the kid, though. <laughs> I, that kid was so bored. He was bored when he got there, though, I think. Yeah. Um. He was just standing up, sitting down, sitting on the edge of the recliners, laying down, kicking his legs all around. Yeah. Um, Smacking so loudly on maybe food, maybe not food, just making so much noise. But he, he did stand, because if you haven't been to the Cinemark Theater, there's like the recliners, and then there's there's a section that's maybe like, two or three feet wide and then there's a big old like balcony balcony kind of thing and he he at one point stood up uh went to the balcony turned around and looked at the back of the theater <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> he was so bored. But he was a bad seed. And his parents just couldn't have been into that Jordan, movie. Just leave. He was a bad seed. He, he was bad. He was bad. But I also I, think that the movie was boring. I think when Modoc showed up, though, he was like, huh? <laughs> he like audibly said that because it looked abysmal. Uh, no, here, here's the thing. This is a parental tip. And uh, this is what I think people should do. If you're taking your kids to the movie, you sit on the outside. Oh, sure. Why, why do you want to sit your well, kid next I, to strangers? Micah, for one, we don't know the, the kid's situation. We don't know those. We don't even know if both of those people are his parents, for one. That's true. That being said, I, I do understand not saying that I'm, I would do it, but, are, but parents are like, oh, we can sit by each other. Like, we get, like. Yeah. Not that they're cuddling or doing anything no, but, weird, but it's like I want to sit by my wife for this movie. Yeah, but that's why you get you get the edges and you give the kids the whole edge up to the stairs, and then you sit on the inside. Yeah, the kids are gonna run down and up the stairs the whole time, which brings me to uh, we saw this. I'm on coming in hot. President's Jordan. Day, and I I don't know. I guess I just thought like yeah, no one had school today, but this is like a 6 p.m. showing people are like at home no no one like uh-huh. the movie actually wasn't that full but down at the like almost the very front there were just a big group of teenagers oh talking, they were taking pictures talking full volume throughout the movie walking around like they were just hanging out in their living room the whole yeah. movie and, and they were taking, taking pictures, pictures of the movie well specifically of modok yeah which i will say like i saw a flash <laughs> that was funny <laughs> i saw a flash and i i like didn't register what was going on and then later i saw a flash when modok showed up and you know me i'm very anal about the theaters and i thought to myself they're right to do that (laughs) (laughs) um so let's talk about modok okay so um we're at cory stall right yeah he from the first ant-man movie he was thrown into the quantum realm and this caused him to like fall apart and like get crushed in a weird way, misshaped his body. Is that truly it? That's what they showed in the movie. It, it, I, I was so baffled by what was happening. I didn't even like. I, I I don't know. I think it went in one ear and out the other. Yeah. Also, I hated it. And he Kang finds him. He like puts together a suit for him. We see a Modok butt, which was kind of fun. Um, and he puts him together. And then they have Modok. Modok is a fun character. Funny enough, I've never read a comic with him in it, but I've seen him in shows. Yeah, um, the, the one on Hulu with Patton. Yeah, yeah, funny. which was very funny. I think it lost steam, but it started out very strong. Yeah. Um, but I, I, what I gather from both this take and the the Patton Oswalt show is that like Modok is someone who thinks he's a lot more evil and better than everyone than he actually is. Yeah, and he's a little bit of a laughing stock. And so they they try to play that up in the movie, and and at certain points it succeeds, but and 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 maybe this is a me thing, but I felt like they weren't self aware enough about it. No, and I I don't know why they felt the need that it had to be a character we know about. Yeah, that that like Scott has a personal connection to. We don't need that. So just cast cast an actual. Let's just cast a comedian. Yeah, it's just what I wanted, which is why the Patton one is funny. Er, because. He's a comedian. Yeah. And it did look, I I think they were kind of going for it purposely looking terrible, but it was like beyond just goofy terrible. And it was just like, I think this is just a bad special effect because Modoc has like a huge face and a small body. 
So they well, his face is his body. Yeah, and he just has normal arms and legs. (laughs) Yeah. Um. So they they stretched out the actor's face, and it was like. You could feel it in the theater where everyone was like, no way am I looking at this. <laughs> at one point in the movie, I had to put up my hand because I didn't want to look at it. Well, and I think if you want to do Modoc and make him look cool, uh, which I guess he's not supposed to be a cool character, but I think you got to go with a puppet. Because hmm. then you can have a weird stretch face and it'll look weird and you can still be goofy and stuff, but it'll be, it won't, like... He did not look human. Like he didn't look like something you could touch. No, it just looked like I I went to to, (laughs) I went to like my computer and I just like stretched a photo. That's all it looked like. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And there was no like um, it didn't look three D. It just looked flat. It looked so bad. Um, and that was another moment where I kind of felt like, who are they making this movie for? I know because. I know we can get pretty into the weeds of comic book characters and stuff like that, but that felt like who's excited about this moment, mm-hmm. you know, and not that all the moments have to be exciting for I certain people. I think it was just for shock, shock value. Yeah. But it did make for a funny exchange at the end. It w- That was funny. I will give him that. That kind of made up for it, but so, um, Michelle Pfeiffer, Michael Douglas and Evangeline go to a bar where they meet Bill Murray. Yeah. And we learned that they try to do I, the Moss Eisley thing. They, they did. They do not succeed. The biggest takeaway I had from it was Michelle Pfeiffer and Bill Murray had a relationship while she was down here. That's uh-huh. really all I got. I guess they also talked about like, they were both like resistance fighters. Yeah. Kind of. This movie also felt like they were trying to make a star Wars movie. Yeah. Oh, um, oh yeah. And, and on every level. Well, I mean, when they show up at the bar and she's like, I'm going to talk to someone who's like a rebellious person. And you're like, oh, Han Solo. And then she goes and talks to this guy who's like, hey, I'm not a good guy. I'm not a bad guy. And it's like, oh, Han Solo. <laughs> and yeah. we're at a bar like Han Solo is in. I get it. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, it was just. The broccoli guy looked cool, though. Sure. Fine. <laughs> and then Bill Murray sells him out. So they have to run away and they succeed. And that's where we get the tentacle. Um contraption of how michael douglas flies yeah the ship what happens after that and uh, well, did, when, when do we finally get the michelle pfeiffer explaining everything uh somewhere let's just get to it yeah so the i the movie the movie actually started with it which i actually kind of liked that yeah 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 um but some would call it a preface huh. or no no, they wouldn't call it prologue. that. Prologue. Um, <laughs> Preface would be like Kevin Feige walking out and being like, hello, you're about to enjoy this movie. Thank you for seeing, thank you for choosing to see this in theaters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so Michelle Pfeiffer was, you know, in the quantum realm for a really long time, couldn't figure out how to get out. Um, and then she sees the ship crash land and rescues this person, happens to be King, and his ship can go in between multiverses yeah um the ship's cool ship cool. um so they start working together on fixing it together yeah. so that they both can get out of here yeah and she you know i wow she probably told him everything about her family and her daughter and her life that she'd like to get back to yeah not that she's like actually is gonna i don't know i'm just i'm bitter about i, I don't like her character yeah um so then they're they're making the ship work and the ship is, oh, they, they also just use vocabulary again. 
that just is such an eye roll for me in these movies. But it's like neuro something. Basically, it's connected to his brain. Yeah. So she touches the ship and she sees him, like his past. Yeah, she's this seen is cool. what he's done. I yeah. like this. And she's seen that he has like murdered yeah. so many people. Um the question I had was, is she seeing this version of him do it, or is she seeing another version of him do it? That I couldn't get. Yeah. I think it's this version. Okay. I think. Because he's been exiled by his other version. So okay. maybe it's because he does this. Okay. I'm a little unclear. I was a little for, unclear for because a movie part that... of me is like, are they trying to banish the wrong like like are our good guys trying to stop him from maybe getting back and being good for doing like he needed to get back to stop things. <sighs> that question that isn't asked or answered, and it should be. Um I, I'm confused okay, so I'm confused about Kang. I just, I uh, I need, it's weird for how much time they dedicate to him. I, I don't, I just don't really get it. I uh, We walked out of the theater and I was like, I just don't really get his thing. I don't understand his powers. I don't understand his motive. Um, and, and you made him the bad guy of this movie. I know that he wants to get out of the quantum realm and like conquer and stuff, but I was kind of like, but we saw one in Loki and I know that this is a multiverse and they're all together but they call him the exiled one, but they're going to be the bad guys of the King, the conqueror, but this one was killed. You know what I mean? Like I, I I'm, I'm a little bit baffled and that's again, it's like, if I'm baffled by that, is your general audience really going to trust you on that? Hmm. And, and you and I talked about how Thanos was like, Hey, uh, I got my powers because I got the infinity stones and I'm going to get rid of half the population. Boom. Mm hmm. It's very easy, mm-hmm. but I don't know, man. Yeah. Um, but let's see. So she sees that and is like, I don't trust you anymore. I'm going to yeah. destroy this. So she destroys the energy core to his ship and shrinks and it, shrinks it slash blows it up or something. She traps both of them there. Yeah. Um, one thing I thought was really funny is earlier in the movie when she was walking through and she goes oh my gosh we're in subatomica we're in a worlds within worlds i saw you lean back in your seat and sigh and those those were all like worlds within worlds was a recent issue of fantastic four i read and then them discovering subatomica and going there was also a recent one i read and i was kind of like it's dumb yeah and i know that this (laughs) lost jordan but cool i'm glad they said those those like five words (laughs) good i'm i'm glad for you hated it for me yeah. Um, but yeah, so all of this happens and and then of course she was able to escape and now she's back and now there's warring planets and all that stuff. Warring people uh trying to be conquered. So then Kang captures Scott and Cassie. And this is when I got real confused about him. Cause I guess we can have an all powerful being being <laughs> and that's okay. Uh, but it's like, okay, so he can control people's magnetism and, like, move them around. Then later in the movie, he shoots laser beams. And then he can, like, fly the ship with thought. And and they did say, they did say that he's centuries ahead in technology. So maybe this is all technology. But I'm kind of like... I think it has to be. But also, the whole movie, he keeps saying, like, well, as far as time is concerned, I can give you time. And he never does anything with that he never Almost like positing that he has some kind of time travel superpower or yeah. that i i always thought of it as he was that advanced 
that he has just unlocked that. Because it okay. almost feels like in Loki that was his curse for unlocking it. Okay, okay. So but he's like a, a long regular time since I've seen that episode. Regular human who knows everything. Maybe. I don't know. I, I don't I, even know if he's human. I know I might be getting hung up on it, but if this is your big bad, I think I need to know those things. Yeah. So you think they would have done a little bit more in the post credit scenes, like a nugget here and a nugget there. If they felt like, man, we had a whole movie with Kang in it. I think that's not enough. We got to put him in both of our post credit scenes too. Yeah. And it's an Ant-Man. Give him, give make, I was so annoyed by that. Make there a credit scene where, you know, why, why? Michael oh Pena gosh. shows up and he's like, where were you at work yeah, today? Yeah. Let that guy have some fun. Um, I was so annoyed that we just went through this whole movie. We've seen him in Loki. And f- for some reason, at, at our second post-credit scene, which we had to sit through like ten minutes of credits for. Yeah, that's huge. Come on. Yeah, but we get to this, and it's like a period piece, and he's and Kang's like an illusionist, and it's Owen Wilson and Loki in the audience, and Loki's like, "That's him. I'm shaking in my boots. I'm so scared." <laughs> and it's like we know we've seen you. We've seen you have an altercation with him, and we just saw this movie. We know. Yeah. Well, that was for them to say, remember, there's a second season of Loki coming. <sighs> so then Kang gets Scott to agree to heist the little engine drive or he'll kill his daughter. So Scott goes, okay, sounds good. After a little bit of fighting and then meeting Modok. And he's like, oh, a mechanism only design or a mechanism. I forgot the Modok. Mm-hmm thing but he says it and he's like oh wow and he says it several times and you're like yeah we get it let's move on <laughs> um designed only for killing mechanism mechanized organism designed only for killing uh and so then he goes to this like area where michelle pfeiffer basically made this hard drive thing you know like explode into something big but it's still within it they have to like shrink it's, it yeah Um, so he goes in there and then this is when he has this whole, you know, like crisis where he, where he's seeing like parallel dimensions and, and and a probability storm Mm -hmm. where every possibility is happening. So there's like billions of Ant-Mans and they're forming ants. Mm -hmm. Uh You get that. Mm -hmm. And you're like, yeah, stop talking about it. Um, just at no point in this movie, did it feel like anyone was actually in danger? No, 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 no. And even throwing in, like, the Baskin-Robbins one, who's like, why am I even here? I don't know. It just none of it worked. Wow. Um, I do want to say something really funny. Is, uh, we went and saw a movie, and Grayson was with us. I don't remember which movie, but this trailer played. And Grayson is not a superhero MCU guy. But as the trailer's going on, he's like, maybe I'll, maybe I'll catch up on the Ant-Man movies and see this. I kind of want to see this. And I go, Really? And then he saw the shot in this movie where like the ant, the large ant man like melts because it tries to do it after it getting really mm-hmm. big, and he turned to me and he's like, "Nah, I don't want to see it." <laughs> it just immediately, it was like two shots after he said he might watch those mm-hmm. movies. Um, but yeah, and then Wasp comes down and she helps him, and they get on there. They're able to throw their. And this is another thing, like they just don't explain this stuff well. He throws a miniaturizer pink pim particle thing to miniaturize the hard drive. It bounces off and doesn't work. And then they kind of look at each other and they're like, okay, let's both try. And then they both throw them and it works. Huh. 
I don't understand how that's different than what he tried to do. They needed to use two, not one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, it's just kind of like, huh, that's about as convenient as it gets. Yeah. It didn't work, and now it does? Yeah. It should have worked the first time then. I don't know. So they get it, and then now Kang has it, and he's going to fly on out of here, right? Yeah. And then everybody gets caught up with each other? Yeah. And they have the big final showdown, right? I guess. Um, the showdown action. His daughter is crazy like breaks bad. out from being held hostage. Yeah, and breaks out all of the other people that they met at the beginning of the movie, and like inspires everyone to fight. I guess. Oh yeah, that was rough. Yeah, that was rough because you know they're trying to pay off that she always that breaks things for a good reason. Yeah. Um. It was fun, and this is another. These sorts of things in isolation are not bad because you know no movie's perfect, and like you make mistakes all the time. But I think it shows a lack of caring for this. Like you have you know throwing multiple shrink things, and that for some reason works. Mm-hmm. And then you have in the scene where Cassie breaks out, she breaks out. She goes up to the keypad and she goes, "Hey, do you know how this works?" To the person she's trying to free. And the person's like, I don't know. And then they're able to get it to work. And then that person who didn't know how it works proceeds to go through and free everybody by using the keypads. Oh, she figured it out, Micah. It's just one of those things where (laughs) where it's like, you're just not putting the extra care that these movies usually actually do pretty well. Yeah. Um, So so all of it's just kind of falling apart for me. Yeah. Um, But yeah, there are buildings that are alive, and that's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Uh everything's alive here except for some things which is kind of funny that that's another thing it's like okay so the buildings are alive are their clothes alive are their spears alive what what is alive and what isn't alive mm-hmm. um but yeah so then they they do the siege on king's big old place his empire and as someone pointed this out uh on twitter which was very funny is uh, there's a scene where Cassie gets really big and her and Scott are both big and they hug and they're like, how cool is this to be this big? And he pointed out how it's because, just like, huh? Because they're both big. They don't look big. Well, and there's nothing in the foreground or background nope. that sh- that shows like nope. what they are. And he said, most of the scene is shot with at shoulder length. So you have no, your brain had like if you watch the scene in mute, you would not know that they are giant. Yep. And he said that just speaks to like how poorly this movie is yeah, directed. I felt that way too. Um, yeah, I, I forget his name, but he he's like one of the writers on Patrick's videos, so he's like oh, on okay. Patrick's team. Uh, but yeah, I I uh, I thought that that was a great thing to to notice. Um, and so they fight for a long time. They get into the citadel. Which is a great word. I mean, oh, it's as, a great as word. far as words are concerned, you gotta give that an eight out of ten minimum. Okay, um, and then they they get up to Kang. They're able to temporarily stop him and escape. Um, wow, you're skipping. I mean, well, well, I know it's action. I know. No, but I mean, if you have something, well, I, the blob guy gets a hole in him, and he's so excited that he gets a hole. Yeah, fun payoff. And then I, I did see another review where someone was like, this movie just has no purpose. And they're like, when this, 
when this guy is talking about holes at the beginning of the movie, this blob, mm-hmm. you, you think it's funny, and then by the end of the movie, you're just like hoping and praying that like they're not going to keep bringing up this holes thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and lo and behold, it's that guy's <laughs> biggest character development. Um, and That's then, a very Rick and Morty joke. Yes, it is. Yeah, the the dude with like the that shoots beams out of its head. Its head is like a beam, which yeah. the character design is cool. Yeah, he looks great. Sucks that he died. Yeah. Um, I don't really know. Uh, th- yeah, so they're, like, trying to escape or they're fighting him and everything, and things aren't looking good. Kang is so strong. And then uh, that's when the ants come in. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's... And then we get flashbacks within yeah. this movie. <laughs> yeah, where he's, like... Michael Douglas touching his ear, like, <laughs> ants? They're ants? ants? Yeah. Um, I-, I wish our house didn't still smell like Brussels sprouts. It's been 24 hours since we made that, and it still smells like Brussels sprouts. But um, beyond that, uh, yeah, he he's all of the, all of the ants it's called come out. A candle, have you ever tried it? Oh, I forgot. We should do that. Um, so the ants come out, and they, you know, like Kang is like destroying everyone just by shooting beams out. But he's not able to conquer these ants. Okay, I I kind of buy that, but also kind of don't. Um, and they rip them apart, and then they go, okay, let's get up there and let's get home. And so they open up the realm uh janet and hank and cassie jump through and then scott's about to and then kang shows up who'd been ripped apart right am i misremembering I that know. the ants ripped him apart i have no idea um and he they they fight and they have like a brutal fight and i'm like i'm thinking to myself yo jonathan majors trained for creed three you're not beating him in this fight paul red he didn't do very well that's he true um I, I sort of liked this part a little bit, but then then it was weird because oh, there was something about the way that they structured the scene going in and out of the portals that 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 rubbed me the wrong way. But I can't recall what it was exactly. I don't know, but oh no, I know exactly what it was because then Janet comes out. Hope Hope uh, comes out and she shoots him with her beams that always look very silly because it's just the actress like yeah. doing like pushing her arm back. There's no actual recoil. Um, so she's shooting him. He gets in the machine. He gets sucked into it. And then like the machine stops working. And yeah, and then they're like stuck in the quantum realm. Yeah. Which I'm like, I was kind of bummed because I didn't want it to end there. You know, it's like a cliffhanger, but I was kind of like, okay. And then not two minutes later, it's back up and working. And then they get out. Cause Cassie's like, Oh, I sent another signal. <laughs> you're like what mm-hmm. uh, okay i don't know and then kang is destroyed apparently you know what they did a, I, I just don't think they did a great job of this either either but at the beginning of this movie we learned that like his cassie has a good heart and she wants to do she wants to fight for good even if that means she goes to jail for it yeah but she wants to help people and her her dad you know scott's just trying to be a dad like keeping her safe like I understand you're doing it for good reasons, but you got to think about like what this means for you. Yeah. And she's like, "Well, you're you don't even do anything anymore." Yeah. Like you, yeah, you're an Avenger and you saved the world, but like that's the only thing that you talk about anymore. Yeah. Because you saved the world that one time. So there is they established early on that like he he's just like coasting. I guess. Yeah, God forbid that he take a little break, but yeah. Well, yeah, but <laughs> but like he's not really being a superhero. Yeah. 
And and I just don't think they did that well throughout the movie of like I just think they could have done it, written it better. Yeah. Well, I mean throughout he's like Cassie, let's get out of here and she's like no, let's help these people. Yeah. Um so they do do it, but it's just not it's just not impactful in any Yeah, way. and I think it should be because I think that's really interesting. Yeah. But uh yeah, not 2 minutes later they make it back to Earth and then we have the second best scene of the movie. Yeah, where he's walking down the street again, having a good time. This time the the coffee costs twelve dollars. Because he's not Spider Man. Yeah. Very funny. He gets a cake made by Greg Turkington. It's very funny. And it tastes bad. Tastes bad. That's funny. Yeah. And then uh And then he has like an existential crisis during because he's doing voiceover again. That was pretty fu- that was a yeah, good bit. Where he's it- like, I don't think we actually beat him. Oh, never mind. Keeps going. Yeah, but it goes on for a while, and I was kind of like, is the movie going to end? You know how Doctor Strange ended with him, like, his third eye opening, and then yeah. he fell in the street? And, like, that ending, I was kind of like, oh, that's kind of a bummer way to end a movie. Yeah. You know, on a cliffhanger like that. Uh, and so I thought they were doing that with this, and then he's like, eh, no, I'm pretty sure we beat him. That was funny. Mm-hmm. And then it rolls credits. Mm-hmm. And there's those Kang post-credit scenes we talked about. First one's bad. <laughs> Second one. Bad. The second one is at least kind of interesting. It, it was it's interesting to look at. It yeah. was more like, oh, Tom Hiddleston again. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, then, then it's like, ooh, a, like spiritualism movement time. Yeah. Yeah. Gimme, gimme. Um, so what do you think? I mean, I, I, I throw, threw my opinions out there. Is Marvel in trouble, Jordan? No, I don't think Marvel's in trouble. They can have one bad movie every once in a while. Yeah. They're allowed. Yeah. They're still going to make money. It's just... For people to like, basically, it's like a doomsday now. That's yeah. ridiculous. Well, and it is like they were. I think people are maybe just finally realizing that Peyton Reed is not as good as everyone thought he was. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I feel like they've been singing the it's all over since Doctor Strange. So, and that, so many people like that movie too. I know that's such a weird. I don't, so I don't understand I don't why people agree don't with like that, that at all. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. So, we'll see. I it, more than anything, I think that if they like stop doing shows for a while, like a while being like a year, uh-huh. and that's not that long, and I guess just dedicate times to movies. How many movies are they coming out with with a year? Well, this year there are two more coming out. I okay, think. maybe if they limit it to two for a couple of years, they would build up excitement again. Yeah, because now it's just like I think so much of it's just fatigue. Yeah. Well, and and there there is something to be said for I I do wonder, you know, like when the next Avengers movie finally has a date, you know, is that movie going to be huge again? Because it's like, okay, we have to see this one. We can skip Ant-Man, we can skip Thor, but you got to see but Avengers. Like, don't give people a reason to skip movies leading up to it because you're coming out with too many things. Yeah, yeah. Including like too What about many shows? all those writers contracts that are going to expire, Jordan? Huh? Actors' contracts that are oh. going to expire. <laughs> she rolled her eyes at me. Um, yeah. So that was our our uh, Ant Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Did you get Quantumaniaed? I don't know. No. No, I'm talking to them. Oh. So don't forget to rate and review our podcast, please, 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 and then uh, go to Patreon.com/slash Micah McCaw and download our episode on Knives Out. Next week we'll come out with our Oscar special on patreon and then uh next week on the main feed we are going to france because we're doing the three colors trilogy starting with blue 
And boy, those movies are incredible. If you were thinking mm-hmm. about skipping it, I would advise you to rethink that consideration. All the movies are on HBO. They are. And then if you bought them, I don't think you're going to be upset either. Christoph Kieslowski has now become a household name uh, amongst our directors, mm-hmm. and uh, he's fantastic. So check that out before we dive back into X-Men. Peace out. Bye. A-Town. <laughs>